Ladies and gentlemen, how are you today? And thank you all for being here. Uh, what a great, great song, a breakthrough. I think that we are about to experience quite a breakthrough um, with people coming to God. I mean, I feel it every day. I see it every day. I don't just feel it. I used to feel it every day. Now I feel it and hear it and see it every day. It wasn't that long ago that I just felt it and didn't really see and hear it. But then we started seeing all of those youngsters at those colleges. Remember? All start coming together in the name of the Lord, worshiping Yahweh, our creator in heaven, praising Jesus. That is when we started to see it and hear it. And now we're seeing it and hearing it everywhere and feeling it. Thank you, Scotty. I appreciate it. There is a breakthrough coming. And we're about to experience something similar to what they experienced in the 70s here in the United States of America with this Jesus revival. And I know a lot of people talk about American Christianity and Americanism and, 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 and how it's, you know, Christian nationalist Americans are different than other Christians. Look, I don't care when it comes to Christ what's, what, uh, what state or what country you're from. It should only be about Christ. And that is what we need to do in this country in 2023, 2024, 2025. And it's already started. Look. What did we report on last week on Friday? We reported on the fact that Speaker Mike Johnson now has regular prayer in the prayer room, in the chapel, next to the speaker's office every day. So for you, the Rise Up LFA TV family viewer, you know that starting the week or starting the day off every day with God and the gospel is what keeps us from giving into temptation and the flesh. But what also keeps us on the right path, shining brightly for all to see. And if we didn't start our day out with God, that wouldn't be possible. So imagine now that the House of Representatives, or for those who partake anyway, are starting their day off in our nation's capital with God, it can only be a great thing. So it's happening in Congress. It's happening throughout politics. It's happening at universities. But you know where it's not really happening at? Churches. Bobby Mannion, I want to thank you for that $20 donation You may not think it's a lot, but it is a lot. It's a very, it's a lot. We're passing the donation plate here in Rise Up, I guess. Uh, But thank you very much. Where I don't see it is in traditional churches. I actually see and hear it more on the street or with tent revival churches, churches than I do with brick and mortar traditional churches. And it's another reason why in the end, when Jesus comes back, He will judge the church first because it is incumbent upon them to spread the gospel in ways that they are not doing. 
But regardless of if it's inside a four-wall brick-and-mortar church with a cross on it or on the street or in a tent, breakthrough is happening. Revival is happening. What does that mean? That means we're lighting people's oil lamps. That's exactly what that means. We are lighting people's oil lamps. We are shining the way for them. We are showing them the way to the light, not by speaking, just speaking and preaching, but by doing, by showing. And that is why your works are so important. Your works don't get you into heaven because Jesus already did all the work. Your works help bring other people to salvation, which is why it is so necessary, which is why faith without works is dead. A lot of people don't understand that phrase. Okay? Faith without work is dead. That does not mean that you can't make it to heaven by faith alone. What it means is the one thing that God told you that you should do, excuse me, the one thing that Jesus taught that we should do is spread the gospel and show the love and the works and the teachings of Jesus Christ. So that is what faith and works means. The work is already done for you to be saved and to have everlasting light with Jesus, but the work part is for others to see. So you're a light bearer, and you're shining lights, and you're lighting lamps, and you're walking with people so they don't stumble as Jesus walked with the disciples and walks with us every day so we don't stumble. So how great is that? Is the minimum monthly donor $50? I went to sign up. Smallest was 50. I don't think I could swing that. That's not true. No, you can donate $1. Uh, Probably just 50 is what it defaults to. You talking about on jeremyherald.com? No, you can donate a dollar a month. You can donate $5 a month. There's no minimum. There's no minimum. There's no maximum. Whatever we can get, we will take. Okay. Good morning, Grammy. How are you? Good morning, Mustache. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, I'm Sullivan. Good morning, Michelle and Twanity. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Annette. Good morning, Katie63. Good morning, KC2022. Good to see you all. We have 1,300 people watching. I appreciate you guys all joining in for the word of God. I think it's time to go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Barbara Peters. Jeremy, I'm thanking God for the many ways you bless us every day. We all love you. Well, I missed you last night. I did. I missed you last night not being here. El Dooley, geez, thank you so much. You guys are great people, and I appreciate you. And we've done this all together. Your shares, your being here every day, my research, my journey with Jesus, your donations, our help to others. This has been an incredible journey for us. And it is our journey with Jesus ultimately in the end. And yes, we are light bearers. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's talk about this. Oh, Dottie, thank you. God bless Rise Up. $50 passing the donation plate. Oh, thank you so much, Dottie. D-O-D-I, thank you so much. Where do you live? What state do you live in? All right, let's go. Here we are. In the name of our Savior, Yeshua, we come to you, Lord God in heaven. Today, on with humbled hearts and with thankful hearts, that you would trust us enough to carry your light for the world. And not a light bulb, not an LED light, not the sun, your light, the most powerful light. And that light will shine in the darkest of areas and will illuminate the path for so many millions if we would just 
accept the gift of light from you and bear it and walk with it and show people what it's like to walk in light and not in darkness, stumbling around like a fool. Lord, we still experience pockets of darkness where we don't see light. But being with Christ and being one with the Holy Spirit, we are quickly found as lost sheep and brought back to the path that's illuminated. And that is because of your grace and your love that you don't have to give us through our faith. And we thank you so much for that. Father God, there are so many people in this chat right now who have more darkness in their life than light. There are so many people in this world, in this chat right now who welcome and bring in willingly the darkness when they already have the light because they love the darkness. There are many here that have solutions to problems that they just will not receive the answer to that problem from you in order to overcome it. Today, Lord, we ask for that stubbornness, that pride, and that hardened, uh, uh, hardened hearts to be softened, to be set aside, so that we can receive the truth and the gospel and the light of the Lord. We thank you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. They love the darkness. They love their darkness. Depression is like that. How many people in here are depressed or have or suffer, I should say, from depression? You know more than anybody. Majorva, thank you very much. That issue number one is voted down. Stop abortion in Ohio. I knew that was happening this morning. People that suffer from depression, they know this. You love the depression, right? The deeper and darker you get, it seems like your flesh wants more. That is the devil lying to you. That is the devil telling you, oh, this feels great. Lock your windows. Close your doors. Pull, pull your curtains closed. Close your uh, blinds. Be in the darkness. Watch TV. Binge watch Netflix for four days straight. Don't even take a shower. Yeah, love that darkness. Feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, you know it's true. Because I know it's true. I am the same way. I don't have depression, but I suffer from anger. And the anger is the same way. The more angry I get, the more I love it. The more I want bad things to happen so I can get more angry. How stupid. That's exactly what it is. It is a choice. God gave us all a choice. Depression, a lot of people aren't going to like when I say this. It is a choice. Anger, a lot of people aren't going to like when I say this. It is a choice. You're not born depressed just like you're not born gay. You're not born stupid and you're not born mad. You might be born into sin. Again, you have a choice. And I'm tired of feeling stupid. So I chose to stop being angry. I should say being overly angry or excessively angry. And my reaction to things because of that stuff. It is done. It is over with. I'm done with that. Period. Every single emotion that you have is a choice. And I'm not saying the emotion that comes is a choice. No, no, no. How you deal with that emotion, how you react to that emotion is a choice. Depression is a choice. 
And we know this because people who have been saved by the light of, of Christ walk out of that deep, dark hole of depression never to return. You think that's medication that did that? No, it's a frame of mind. Your mind is so powerful. And the light with, that resides in you is even more powerful than the sun itself. Jeremy, that's not true. Yes, it is. And I'm going to prove it to you today. Mima Becky said it right. This is the day that the Lord has made. So let's rejoice and be glad in it and stop with the depression, stop with the anger, stop with the loving our darkness, and let's love light. Because if you don't love light, you might as well pick out your, pluck out your eyes right now. Ray says it's hard not to be depressed when you don't know how you're going to pay for the heat. I don't agree with that. And I'm going to tell you why. I used to agree with that. But there's bills that we can't pay too. I used to agree with that. I don't agree with that anymore. And the Bible tells us why. Because the Bible tells us, Jesus says, notice the birds and the ravens and the crows and the, the, the fowl of the air. God provides for them everything they need. How much more do you think he loves you to provide for you? So see, instead of getting depressed that you can't pay for heat, pray more and lean on God fast, maybe fast. A lot of people don't understand because it was taken out of the new translations like the NIT, the NIV, the American Standard Bible and others. It was taken out of there. How? How? And the how was pray and fast. They take out the fast. It's in Matthew 17, I believe 21. The Lord wants you to rely on him for everything you need, and that includes your heat. And I'm not arguing with you. I'm not trying to split hairs. I'm just saying the Bible says if the Lord will provide for even the fowl of the air and the beast of this world, then how much more does he love for you? We have got to pray and we've got to fast. And we've got to lean on him rather than worrying about the hardships of this earth, which is very temporary. I do understand what you mean when you say that. Trust me, I do. But again, the depression part of that, the reaction to not having heat is a frame of mind. It is. Ray, here's an idea. Start fasting when you pray. If you really truly aren't getting heat, first of all, we'll help you. If you need a tank full of oil, let the LFA family know and we will help you. Ask and you shall receive. Outside of that, though, for longevity in this, because the, you know, the Slurp Fund can't do that forever. The longevity part is fasting while you pray for what you're asking for. Jeremy, do not agree on those Bibles taking stuff out. KJV added stuff and was written for a king. You are true. You are right. So what you have to do is you have to go with the, with the translation that you believe embodies the old scripts and that the, 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 the scrolls that, that were found, the Dead Sea Scrolls, also can back up. You've got to really do your own research theologically to decide which Bible that you want to read and follow. 
it is very, very difficult to find a Bible that has all the original text that should be in it after the Council of Nicaea. It is very true. The Council of Nicaea took out a lot in Bibles. King James added a lot. So it is very difficult. Like in the Bible, I believe in, in our versions that we have in this day, I would like to see the book of Enoch and others in there. But it does, there are very, very good explanations as to why certain versions look like certain things. And a lot of times because something was taken out, it wasn't really taken out. It was worded differently or it was redundant already and talked about in that chapter. So they say they removed it for, for printing. It was because of printing. If you really want to know why versions look like they do, it's because of printing. Believe it or not. Because they didn't have the money to print as much as they do now. So printing, the cost of printing was in the decision of how much to put in the Bibles that we have. Crazy things. I know. I know. But we have to do, when in doubt, research more, go back to different scripts, uh, different versions, or even go back further to scripts, scripture before versions. And when in doubt, always lean on the Holy Spirit and Jesus. What would Jesus do what would God do? If you know God and you know Jesus, you know if something's false or real. Terry Lynn says, um, W. Wilson said, no, if books are missing, it's because God didn't want us to know them. Really? You think so? So you think God sat with the people at the Council of Nicaea, all of them, and said, as you're praying to me to decide what books to take out or leave in, listen to me, because I'm going to tell you what to take out and leave in. That's a hard stretch, too, because all those people at the Council of Nicaea, they weren't, you know, I don't believe they were all on the up and up. You really got to know the real truth. Bible and your relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. You have to have a relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, if you're going to understand the word of God. Because if you have a relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and you spend time, enough time talking to God, God will reveal things to you that maybe nobody's ever had anything that revealed to them. I don't know. That's between you and him. Jeremy, you must have had a lot of time in solitary. Your knowledge of the Bible is incredible. No, I actually did not learn anything about the Bible while I was in solitary. But solitary confinement in my years there prompted me to learn more about the Bible later on. That's exactly right, Casey. The Holy Spirit guides us through the word. Satan has the influence on those who removed the word. I agree. I agree. I don't think any of us have access to the earliest writings ever. So we have to make do with what we have, and we have to do a lot of our own research to decide what's real, what's not, what's just and what's not, what's moral and what's not, and what's God word and what's not. And I don't know if we'll ever get there because word is, it's like the game of telephone over thousands of years, right? But you have to have, you have to have a relationship with Jesus and God to really be walking with God. Um... Somebody said something. The Council of Nicaea didn't remove the Apocrypha books. They were removed during the Protestant Reformation. That's true as well. That is true as well. 
Wayne, I hear you, brother. I hear you. Well, thank you, S. Sherling. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Then which book other than the original is best? Fullest copy. <sighs> I mean, I go to the, to the King James Version only because if you look at all the newest versions, like the NIV and the NIT and, 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 and all those, you, you clearly see verses taking out and them not just words taking out or redundancies. You see verses taken out. Verse, it'll go from verse 17 to verse 20. And you're like, where did, that, where did those verses go? So I don't go to those because it'll straight go to verse 17 and then go to verse 20. Or verse 19 and you're like, well, well, there's two verses missing here and they don't even leave you anything in between to tell you why. Those are the versions I try to stay away from. So I, I'll go to the versions that have all the verses in them, and then I try to do as much research as I can to put that version up with to see what can verify that version, like Dead Sea Scrolls, the Apocrypha, Book of Enoch, and others that were just chose to let, be left out of it. You know, so you just gotta do your best. And like I said, there's no better teacher than Christ. There just isn't. So, um. They were taken out because King James Version added them in. That's not exactly true. It's not exactly true. Not exactly true. It is proven fact that people took things out because of printing, printing costs, number one. That is, that's true. Yes, some was taken out because they didn't think that they should have been added in. But the ones that were added in, most of them were backed by old scrolls and scripture. So... Like I said, I don't think any of us will ever have anything closer than a relationship with Jesus. We just got to do our best. I don't want to tell you what Bible to read for you. I just don't. And I don't want you to tell me what Bible I should read, but it's good to, to, talk, to talk to each other about which versions are which. And I'll tell you a person that you really want to go watch, talk, talk, breaking down different versions, is my friend, Pastor Tim Frisch. If you go to YouTube, ew, gross, I know, I know. But if you go to YouTube and you go to a Frisch Perspective, F-R-I-S-C-H, he has videos in there where he breaks down the different versions and he does a heck of a job. Again, he's not God, but he does a heck of a job. Now, I want to get to the verse of the day today because we're already halfway through. And then I want to get into our books. And then I've got videos to show you. So we're halfway through and we really need to start focusing on being a light bearer, okay? not versions of the Bible, which we can do another show, but we want to talk about brighter than the sun today. Here's what I wrote in the description. You actually can and do shine brighter than the sun. The sun was made to give us what we need temporarily, but the true light is much, much brighter. This is such an interesting topic. And we're going to talk about it today. So I would like you to open up your emails if you got a verse of the day. And let's go to the verse of the day today, which I titled, Brighter Than the Sun. I said, good morning to all of you light bearers out there of the world. How are you? I pray you understand that the light resides in you is more powerful than the actual sun of our solar system. You bring something to people that nothing in existence can. The word of God. 
God was the word. The word was with God. God was the word and the word was God. So if you bring the word of God to people, don't you bring a light shining brighter than the sun, which is temporarily and made up? And we're going to get into this, okay? Verse of the day, John, when we read from John yesterday, okay? John 1, 4 through 9. So as you guys um, grab your Bibles, I'm going to take a drink of my coffee, and I would love for you guys to open up to John, the book of John, and let's go to chapter 1, and we're going to go through verse 4 through 9, okay? You are right about that. You are right about that. Somebody said that um, uh, King James Version had 20 people that had to come into agreement on what, you know, to have in there. And the newer versions only have three to five, actually. You are right about that. It all comes up, it all comes back to um, how many people can verify something and how many people agree that that text supports that vert. You know what I mean? So there is, like I said, go to P- Pastor Tim Frisch's page. You'll learn so much more about this than I can teach you. Okay? Light bears. Here we go. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Think about that. What is that saying? How many times do you see somebody evangelizing to other people who don't want to hear it? How many times have we tried to evangelize to our friends and family who don't want to hear it? And because they don't want to hear it, they can't comprehend it. It's been happening since the beginning of time. Can't comprehend it. The darkness cannot comprehend the light. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Now I'm going to blow your mind. Are you ready? Are you ready? Oh, this is what I, I, I could not wait for this moment. Can you tell me on which day of creation Yahweh created the sun? American Nanny says, you're wrong about depression. I am saved and walking in fellowship with Christ daily. He talks with me every day. I have a chemical imbalance in my body, the right medication and prayer. I'm glad you're overcoming it. I'm glad you're overcoming it. I really am. I really am. But to say the right medication means that people couldn't get over depression a thousand years ago. And they could have. Because all you need is God. Through Christ, all things are possible. But I am so happy you found a combination of something that works to help you stay away from it. God bless you. What day did he create the sun? It's not true. It's not on the second day. And it's not on day one. This is going to blow your mind. God said, let there be light. And there was light. That was not the sun. Nope. Tammy, 
Amanda Collins got it right the fourth day. So let me ask you this question. What day did God create plants and animals? Anybody want to guess? Annette, you are right on the sun, the fourth day. What day did he create plants and animals? I'll wait until I see. Seventh. No, seventh he rested. Without cheating. Well, you can cheat if you'd like. Pearl, the third. So let me ask you this question. If God created plants before he created the sun, how did they grow? How were they sustained? How were they given any kind of We all know scientifically plants need sun or light to grow, right? God was that light. God was that light that caused vegetation and plants and trees and grass to grow. There was no sun. Just like there won't be sun In heaven, there will be no need. There will also be no night in heaven. The light of God sustains all living things. The sun is temporary. The light in which God said, let there be light, was his light, not the sun. I'm going to bring out the Bible. Ready for this? And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Doesn't say anything about the sun yet. And God saw the light and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning was the first day. Still nothing of the sun. This was God's light. This is the light that we are all soaking in to live. This is the light of life. Amazing. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so, and God called the firmament heaven so that the evening and the morning was the second day. Truly, this is amazing stuff. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and and the gathering of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Ready? Blowing your mind here. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb that yield seed. And the fruit of the tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seeds is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And then God, and then the earth brought forth forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Ready for this? Here we come. Then God said, 
Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years and let them be for the lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and it was so. Then God made two great lights on the earth and it was so. Excuse me, then God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day, which is, Eli, can you click that fan on for me over there? God's heating me up here. I'm heated up with the word of God right now. Okay? This is incredible stuff. Uh, Yeah, it's fine. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give the light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness that God saw that it was good. And so the morning and evening were the fourth day. Then he created animals. So how did the vegetation spring up without sun? We know, we know scientifically. I can, I can do this experiment a billion times and I can put plants in the complete darkness of a cave where there is no sunlight at all, and I can put plants under sunlight, and I can keep them both there for a week, and I can promise you, I can promise you that the the plants that have light will be flourishing, and the plants that have darkness will not even have budded. But there was no sun. So scientifically, that can't be possible. Theologically and spiritually, it definitely was possible because God's light sustains all. Isn't that crazy? I'm telling you, man, this light that said, let there be light and gave life to everything we know and created time and existence. Freedom said seeds can sprout in the dark, but not like they can in the light. And only some can. Not nearly all. I knew somebody would say that. Of course, you have to. But the the ones that grow in the darkness, we don't want to see and we don't want nothing about. We don't want them in our homes or nothing. So... We have the creator of all things. Uh, the name of the pastor on YouTube is Tim Frisch, but the name of the channel is A Frisch Perspective, almost like a fresh perspective. Oh, Miss Mocha Powered, she got it right. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. So God says that he is in us. If we are children of God, then his light exists in us. Jesus told us that we would do far more amazing and miracle, uh, things of miracles on this earth than he ever did. How is that possible? The same way that it's possible 
for vegetation and plants and trees and all that to grow without sun because they had the ultimate light. So when I titled the show Brighter Than the Sun, you are truly brighter than the sun. You have the light of God living within you. How beautiful is that? You spread seeds to the soil, which is unbelievers. God waters that seed, and his light brings them to him. Do you know who taught me this little presentation that I am giving you today? Well, he only is the president and the founder of the Creation Museum and the Ark down in Kentucky. He goes by the name of Mr. Ken Ham. He taught me that. He taught me that. And it's wonderful. It is absolutely wonderful to know that. And, and, you, and you never really think about that, you know? So what we're going to do right now, folks, Jump Off says, I have that shirt you're wearing. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you for buying it from our store. You can get this shirt, One Nation Under the Armor of God, on JeremyHarrell.com if you'd like. Freedom Express, amen, amen. So I got a, I got a, um, I got a video I'd like to show you here. Now, we're talking about spreading the light of the world. If Jesus and Christianity is one of the major religions of the world, faiths, religion, whatever you want to call it, relationships, what is there, like 3 billion, 3 billion Christians in the world, probably only about 100,000 that are actually practicing. So if Christianity is the light of the world, and Jesus is the light of the world. Lori says, first time watching your show, I was led here for today's message. Thank you. Well, thank you for watching for the first time. Share it with your friends. Eli, we have over 1,800 people watching. Share it with your friends. It's fun here. We have a good time. We're a good family. So if Jesus and Christianity is the light of the world, then if there was another major religion out there that was not the light of the world, that was the darkness of the earth, which would it be, in your opinion? Let's bring up the Rumble Chat, and let's see what the LFA family thinks. If Jesus and Christianity, which we know is the light of the world that does good, that shows love and empathy and sympathy, and does whatever it can, then what major other religion would be looked at as the opposite? Because you got to have a yin and yang, right? Let's see what the people think. This is a real live poll here. Islam? Islam, Allah, well, Allah is just God. That's just the way that, that's just the name for God. It's not, that's not Islam, but I see where you're going with that. Satanism, wow, there you go. Hamas, there you go. Well, to me, ladies and gentlemen, the answer would be Islam. Because you can't say Judaism is the evil religion of the world or the opposite of the light because Christians are Jews. And you can't say it's Buddhism Because Buddhism doesn't rape, kill, murder, cut people's head off and want everybody to die that doesn't believe in them. So it can't be Buddhism. I don't even know which other ones there are out there, but I'm talking about major or atheism. Look at atheism. Is that not the opposite? 
want to show you a video right now. We're always excited about seeing youngsters spreading the gospel. Well, these youngsters right here and this gentleman that they're with, who's uh, an ex-Muslim, they are very, very knowledgeable on the Quran. In fact, they are so knowledgeable on the Quran that they are going and they are teaching Muslims how they're making such a terrible mistake. But they're doing it in a way Jesus would have done it. And I love it. So I'm not going to play all 29 minutes of this video, but I'm going to play some, and I think you should watch it to help you understand a little bit better about this holy war that the United States and Israel has now gotten we the people involved in. Roll it. I believe that you two are morally better than Muhammad is. It's God. It's God. It's God. All right, so now we can have a, a civil conversation right yeah, now. So what's your question, bro? No, my question is, like, what is you guys are trying to do here? Like, what, what is the point of this? The point of this? Okay, yeah. yeah. So the point of this is to... Um, <laughs> the the, yeah, I got you. The point of this is to show Muslims the truth. We believe that the group of Muslims that's here, that do the Dawah here, um, they purposely lie to the, the Christians up here, the Muslims up here, feed them false information. And so we're here to give the accurate information and also hopefully open people's mind to start thinking more and ultimately come to Christ, to the true Christ. Because the Christ of the Quran is, is a, a terrible copy. It's a, a counterfeit. And so if you have a false Christ, you have a false gospel and a gospel that can't save you, a message that can't save. So for people who believe that Muhammad is a prophet, we emphatically deny that, but for a reason. Not because we hate Muslims, not because we hate the Quran, but because when we read the Quran and we read the Hadiths, he is clearly one of the most obvious false prophets in history, next to but Joseph Prophet Smith. Muhammad What's that? So Prophet Muhammad is the, what is the, the fake one you're saying? Absolutely, without, without a doubt. Yeah, and like you know, Allah never spoke to Muhammad. Allah never spoke to Muhammad. What other prophets are smarter than all of them? What other prophets are smarter than all of them? And I heard that Muslims are like being. Are you a Muslim? Yeah. You're Muslim? Good. And you're Muslim too, right? Okay. So, what's your question? How do how can we know more than, I guess, the millions of Muslims? Here's what we think. We don't think, we think that the Muslims don't even know their own religion. I think that a lot of Muslims have this idea of Islam. As a matter of fact, I think that the Muslims that, that join Islam have a better character and have a better personality than even Muhammad did, a moral character. I believe that you two are morally better than Muhammad is. And I can demonstrate that to you guys. If we have a real conversation, no insult or nothing, just a conversation of my observations and his observations, and we go step by step, I think we can prove that you guys are more moral than Muhammad. Now, I want to stop it right there, if I can. He's telling them that they, he can prove to them that they are morally better in a higher moral place than their prophet Muhammad. Now, if that's true, if he can prove that to them, then the prophet Muhammad must be a false prophet, must be fake. They're following a satanic religion, right? If that can be proven. If they are morally better than Muhammad, you cannot prove that you are morally better than Jesus. I cannot prove that I am morally better than Jesus. As a matter of fact, everything in the Bible proves it the exact opposite. But you could prove back then that everybody was more morally, uh, morally uh, better than Muhammad, and you can prove it today as well. And this is what he does right here. I love this. Would you guys sleep with a child? 
No, you would not. Would you? Tell me no. Okay. Muhammad slept with a nine-year-old girl, Aisha, his, his wife, his child, right? You guys heard of Aisha? They'll tell you the same thing over there. There's nothing they're ever saying is lying, right? So you guys know it. And just so that we, you know, because we have viewers here too, go, can we read the hadith to make sure that yeah. we're not lying? What do you guys are showing us are like exactly what it seems like? Because it's, it's, it's straight from the Islamic sources. So for example, you got that. So they don't want the pamphlets. I want to show you from a Muslim site. It's called Sunnah.com. You guys can look it up in any. I can send it to you. It's a yeah. So yeah. So we have the sources here, but I want to give it to you guys straight from. So not on a pamphlet, but straight from the website itself that collects the hadiths, right? So this is from. Um, let's see which one I want to read. So this is uh, Sunnah Ibn Majah. Right? I don't know if you guys can. You guys see it? Great Sahih. The greatest Sahih, uh, right here. You see the great, great Sahih means authentic, most highest authentic, right? It says, Abdullah said, the prophet married Aisha when she was seven years old, truth, and consummated the marriage with her when she was nine years old. Facts. And he passed away uh, when she was 18. So he had sex with her. He made the marriage finalized by having sex with her at nine years old. Wait, can we? Read yeah, yeah. Go ahead if you want to. But that's that's not even right. There's six years. Yeah, yeah. I got I got yeah, multiple of them. Yeah, I got six or different details. Six or seven. And the early Muslim scholars like Ibn Kathir and people like that, they all say that there's no disagreement among the early scholars, among the early Muslims about Aisha's age. It's only nowadays that Muslims try to uh, hide that or combat that, which is why we're here, because they won't tell you this, but we will. Muslims. Muslims, they don't tell you this. When you, I, I, were you born in a Muslim family? Yeah. And, and you were too? Y'all never heard of his marriage with Aisha? I did. You did hear about it. Did you, so did you know she was a child? I don't know the numbers. It's, it's confusing. Everybody says different numbers. I don't know. There's not a single source that ever says that she's above the age of nine when, she hit, when uh, he slept with her. Not a single hadith. Nothing authentic. Nothing even daif. Nothing weak. All it is is speculation from nowadays scholars trying to fix this problem because they know it's a problem so his wife's name who he consummated the marriage with at nine years old was aisha muhammad died when aisha was 18 years old you want to know how muhammad died muhammad died because he was poisoned by a jewish woman who muhammad and his islamic bloodthirsty satanic uh followers killed all of her family she was poisoned by a jewish woman and while that poison was basically destroying every part of the inner organs of Muhammad. He lost the, loose, the use of his legs while he was dying, while his organs were suffering from inside in the most painful way you could possibly imagine. And he had to literally drag himself with his weak, dead, lifeless legs while he was in the most unimaginable pain from this poison, while his followers walked behind him, weak, frail, broken, and while he was weak, frail, and broken after living his satanic fake life, ladies and gentlemen, he then cursed the prophets of God while he lay there dying and, and basically ordered his followers not to build a mosque for people to worship in his place like people did the old prophets. So, if you do your own research, 
You will know clearly. And so will people that are trying to convert to Islam because it's trendy. You know, like the whole, I don't know what gender I am thing. Then you would know that he was a scumbag, satanic, pedophile, murdering, hatred-filled, lying piece of crap who pretended that he was a prophet of Allah, which is another name for God, and lied to everybody until the day that he died. So, human beings go to war for many things, and there will never be peace on this earth until Jesus comes back and makes it so. So we will fight for land, we will fight for rights, we will fight for birthrights, we will fight for money, we will fight for power. But if human beings are going to fight, and we are going to be in war anyway, why not it be the holy war that God says we're in anyway? At least we're fighting for something that is eternal. At least we're fighting off the evil and fighting for the eternal love of God. We're not bloodthirsty and going after these people. They're coming after us. But sooner or later, ladies and gentlemen, war is war. And I can't think of a better war to fight than the war against the principalities of darkness, the evil. God said we're not at war with flesh and blood. We're at war with the uh, evil principalities of darkness. But guess what? They actually embody and take over the flesh and blood. So we have to stop them too. And I don't care what anybody says about what I'm saying right now. That religion, Islam, even before I was a Christian, I knew it was evil. And it's evil today. And it's gross today. And it's wrong today. And I will never stop saying that. You want to know why? Because God never wanted us to stop saying that. God wanted us to produce the truth always and forever and spread it to every corner of the world, which is exactly what we are doing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, be the light of the world. God entrusted you with that light. God lit your oil lamp. We have almost 1,900 people watching here. What an incredible growth. The word is spreading. The gospel is spreading. The gossip is not. And we're here to take a stand today. Ladies and gentlemen, Ungoverned comes up in about one minute with Sean Farish. But right now, we're going to have a breakthrough. I love you, and I'll see you at 11 o'clock. Thank you for joining me today, and I'll keep praying for you. God bless. (laughs) 